Today's episode is sponsored by the UK Leisure Framework, the UK's only dedicated leisure framework. The UK Leisure Framework allows for the direct appointment of a development partner for scoping, design and construction of leisure centres and sports facilities. The framework is available to all UK public sector organisations and has completed over 100 projects to date. For more information, visit leisureframework.co.uk. Welcome back to The Truth About Local Government. I'm delighted um, and indeed curious to have a great conversation with Glenn Stewart, the Assistant Director of Public Health at the London Borough of Enfield. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, fine. Thanks very much for the invite. Good to be here. Thanks. Amazing. So for those people at home uh, who've never worked with a council um, or had never had any interaction with, what is public health in a council and what does it cover? <laughs> so... Um, public health, you know, the Faculty of Public Health, um, which would define public health as, I think it's something like the art and science of um, coordinating society to improve the health of the public. You know, it would be something of those ilk. I can't remember the exact, exact definition, but that's what the ilk of it is. In terms of for the council, I suppose what we try and do is the same sort of thing, but at a more local level. So when obviously in local government, we're not the government so we're trying to influence those policies procedures etc in the local authority in the wider community so that you know, health can be improved that's really really interesting and i guess my, my first question from what we talked about before was why is it useful for public health to be inside of local authorities <laughs> well there's a sixty-four thousand dollar question so to give a bit of a background to it like Public health was in the NHS until 2013, I think it was. It got transferred under the Health and Social Care Act of 2012. Don't quote me on those dates. I might be lying to you slightly there. Anyway, so public health got transferred into local authorities. And there was quite a debate both within and without the profession about whether that was a good thing to do. Personally, I always thought that if you're trying to change people's behaviour, that's where we need to be. So, you know, the... um, one of the sort of notable features about a, a global North country is that well, the overwhelming majority of mortality and morbidity comes from things that um, used to be referred to as long-term conditions and now I, I think increasingly be called, called major conditions. But they're things like coronary heart disease, cancer, respiratory diseases, which have been termed diseases of lifestyle. So, you know, and then there are things that people can live with for a long time, like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, they significantly impact on their quality of life, but uh, but they can't be cured. And that's what, so, so within that, um, something like 70%, well, this is before the pandemic, actually, I haven't seen figures since then, but uh, before the pandemic, something like 70% of the NHS budget was spent on long-term conditions. So along all of the long-term conditions, they can be significantly either prevented or ameliorated through um, behaviour change. Um, and then if you want to talk about behaviour change at a, a large scale, I think you need to be thinking about the environment in which people live. And if you want to change that, you need, I, I'd say the best place to be is in the local authority. Definitely. It, this actually really mm. kind of strikes a um, mm. uh, with a, a ne- an episode on Netflix at the moment, actually. There, there, there's a doctor there looking at the blue zones. Yeah, um, that's it. Mm. And um, for those listening at home, essentially, the, the, the concept of the TV programme is they explored the behaviour traits and the common links with 
very with with the communities around the world that live uh to 100 uh, and quite regularly do and it was it, it's it's re- it's really really interesting worth the watch um how do you influence that then when there's so many different factors involved within public health and influencing the the behaviors of the community what tools do you use to to drive and influence kind of behavioral change okay so i think it's like in terms of behavior change i think you know there's sort of various levels you can do it at uh, so pop you know so you can try and set up projects that will um work with a number of different people and you're often in that case you might be aiming for people who are a high risk of something um but i think if you're trying to change behavior i i think the where you need to start from is what's influenced that behavior in the first place so um if you want to do something about smoking i you know you know if you look at the sort of the data pre well pre sorry post world war ii i think prevalence of smoking was something like 70 percent of blokes and and 50 percent in women and then from that you know we've got to a point now i think the latest data is something like 11.7 percent nationally and what's happened with smoking is that we've seen a progression of um, the opportunities to smokers um, become less and less and most notably, people remember that when the smoking ban came in in 2008, I think it was, when the smoking ban came in, like people just stopped smoking because like it was the you know, it was the right thing to do, and that people weren't smoking inside offices. So, I mean, I've seen now that in films, like if you want to data film, you have people smoking it. That sort of signifies that you know it's before 2008, I think. But if you look at you know, I think it's Ash. They produced a diagram of the different interventions that have been put in place to stop speak or to discourage people smoking since the 1950s, and it's included things like you know, taxes, um, you know, put, making smoking more expensive. Um, people have cracked down on illicit tobacco. You used to be able to buy um, broke. They called them broke broken cigarette broken packs i think they called it so children used to be able to buy single cigarettes from a pack and you can't do that anymore um there used to be vending machines that anyone and anyone could and did access just you know, going you know so children used to be buying cigarettes from from vending machines and no checks whatsoever um we now have interventions in hospitals where uh, um, maternity people going through maternity are asked if they're smoking or not so the sort of gist of it is the principle I suppose if you want to change your behavior you look at what makes it like the behavior looking you want to change easier and the behavior you don't want more difficult Um, then I suppose the other the other sort of things we look at particularly are in terms of obesity which comes down to physical activity and good food um the sort of there's much of the um talk in terms of physical activity as we live in a society now whereby it's very easy to you know get up in the morning well you know pre-covid get up in the morning drive to work or you know sit on zoom these days or sit on teams you know sit in your office all day come home at night drive home at night watch the telly for three or four hours go to bed and repeat the cycle well the human body doesn't, uh, you know, it needs a bit of physical activity every now and then. So then what you're looking at is things like urban design and making walking and cycling easier. When someone comes into a building, is it easier to use the lifts or the stairs? Like, you know, so society in, in some ways, you know, people have said that society is a history of 
building out physical activity in some ways what you're trying to do in, in public health is to build it back in so the uh, can't remember the the, the guy the guy's name on blue zones is but you know he talks about incidental physical activity so people are physically active because they're doing something else not for the sake of it yeah definitely and on you know you know for example i think it was in was it shanghai where or, or where they essentially made it or singapore i think singapore um mm. and uh, they made it so expensive to drive and obviously that's easy when it's on a 30 mile island than it would be on yeah. say you know a large where um you know um mm. but it, it is really interesting um that piece i guess you know one of my questions is with public health, the fact is, you know, all the things you talked about there, education, the physical place, community engagement, it, it affects and you must have to interact with all the different sections of local government to try and influence your long term agendas. How challenging is that to try and influence your, your peers to uh, when there is limited funding? And this a lot of this stuff is, um, you know, won't you won't see an immediate return in terms of um uh, an output you know it will be in 10 20 years time life expectancy how how challenging is that um you know financial cycles can definitely be challenging so if someone's got a target and it's going to be you know, performance managed on a target in a year's time and you're talking about a five-year times time scale it, it's difficult admittedly um but i think some of it is you know you, you need to have a vision of what you're trying to do um, and you need to get people to buy into that vision. So councils have often got a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, whatever it might be. And people will understand that and see see the benefits of it. So if you get um, ideas written into long-term plans, that makes things a lot easier. The, you know, and when I'm talking about, like so I was talking about physical activity just now, well, you would have seen the sort of the controversy about local LTNs local traffic what they call that oh i forgot what ltn stands for now um or ules and local traffic networks that um you know there's a tremendous controversy about things like that and that's where it can become difficult as well so like you know ultimately low traffic neighborhood that's it i'm sorry about that that's That's right right. low low traffic neighborhood so there's often a, a controversy about that and that's when public health it can become sort of political with a small p that you're trying to influence things um and people will object to it and it's in a way sometimes Mm. on that point i mean climate change like public health you know sometimes Mm. to be a good ancestor means that there will be uncomfortable immediate scenarios and that's really difficult because in i suppose in a way public health like with climate change you're looking after not only population of today but also the population of 50 years time um For, yeah. for just to go back on that point, uh, Dan But B U E T T N E R Dan Butner um, yeah. is the blue author zone. That's that's the the educator and, and, and author of that. Um, mm. But it's it's really interesting, isn't it? That actually we need to make life harder physically. Um, um, you know, more not primitive is the wrong word, but that kind of continuous low level um, kind of physical exertion to reduce the the negative consequences that kind of over easy lifestyles has um yeah has created i mean that yeah when you say harder i mean yes in one hand but then i've yet to meet someone who says when i retire what i want to do is be you know confined to the sofa waiting for the district nurse to come around and sort my leg out 
ulcer out or something like no one wants that and it's a bit like in some ways you know when the government one thing i really didn't agree with when the government was when they um made it uh, opt out rather than opt in for pensions and no one like you know when i'm sort of 22 i don't particularly want to see well i'm, I'm a long way off 22 let's get around that but when, when i was 22 i really didn't want to see money going out of my wage packet to do something that's going to be like in 40 years time but i'm very glad it happened now like there's like something about planning for the future you you know you you know so when you say harder i again with smokers i've never like you know when the smoking ban came in people said the world would stop spinning and there'd be riots in the streets and i don't know there's all sorts of you know prophecies of doom coming in but I have I've never had a smoker come back to me and say that's the worst thing you've ever done in the country. I really wish we hadn't sort of put the smoking ban in. And equally, I've never had a smoker say to me, I'm really glad I started smoking at the age of 22 or you know, 15. No smoker has ever said that to me ever. And I've been in public health for 25 years. That's really telling. I mean, just going on to the challenges that exist of public health now being situated in local authorities, could you provide some insight into that, please? Um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, the fact of the world is, like, you know, NHS is a big bureaucracy, local authorities, their own bureaucracies. You need to understand what the bureaucracy is and how to work within it. So, I mean, what I was saying before about the sort of, you know, the challenges of the, of the now compared to the future, you um, Part of it is that you need to work with people who've got different, you know, different agendas, different targets. You know, it's like working as part of any team. You need to supplement what they're doing and, and get them to buy into what you're doing. Um, and then, you know, yeah, everyone will say about finance, but I've, I've never known a time when people aren't talking about finance. It does seem a bit so severe this year round, but... Hey, it's certainly not dull, is it? We don't know what's, where it's going to finish up, but it's certainly uh, mm. keeping mm. them on their toes. And I, I guess that's mm. the, the key point as well, because, you know, uh, all the aspects of very important work that public health does and other other sections of it does, it is only possible if it's properly funded. Um, mm. uh, you know, so that, that's really interesting. I mean, yeah. for yourself, how did you get into, you know, for those at home that maybe are think, sat there thinking, this sounds like a really interesting job. How did you get to be where you are today? <laughs> um so like many i suppose i gathered uh, gathered around in my 20s eventually um i, I mean to honestly, i did one of those like what what job would you be good at type questionnaires and this thing came up called health promotion i, I got into that and then i realized there's sort of a number side to it as well so that's when i got into public health and you know i think you know, one of the sort of people will talk about public health being quite hard nosed at times. So if you're talking about uh, X intervention or Y intervention, public health would like to sort of go down the evidence based medicine side of it. So what, you know, as opposed to people saying this is good for you or this is bad for you or, you know, you know responding to the last person who came through the door, you look at the academic science and what, it, you know, what it, what it actually does say. So you is i quite like the rigorous side of it as well but actually understanding what the what the medical science is saying and what it doesn't say as well that's really interesting and i guess in your opinion mm. why is local government important well i'd say if you want population level change local authorities are the people who are working with 
populations all the time. So, you know, if you want if you want sort of, you know, the physical activity or the or the smoking or the or good food environment, it's local authorities who really are, you know, yeah, they're much more than collecting the bins or you know who you write to about someone's dog in the park. They're they're the people who have co contact with the population all the time and much more able to, you know, um, influence things through planning laws, policy guidance, etc. And that's you know, so if you want. Yeah, I mean, I could, like, if you gave me a load of money, I could set up a project tomorrow to get, you know, attract people to come along and be physically active. If you want people to be physically active at a population level, you have to think at a population level, and that's local authorities. So, the low traffic neighborhoods, et cetera, they, that's how you really uh, change people's levels of physical activity or obesity, as, as given in the Blue Zones pro program. It's no, you know, and I've got, I mean, I've got, I've yet to, I've got to sort of think about how to present this, but I've got a feeling that we didn't massively evolve to be physically active. Like, you know, the, you, um, the, I'm sort of phrases, there's no doubt whatsoever physical activity is good for us, but throughout the course of human evolution, um, most of the time getting calories was dangerous or hard work. So, you know, running across Africa, trying to like hunt down whichever beast they were. You know, even if you didn't get killed by the prey, you're looking, trying to, to hunt. You know, breaking your arm or a leg in prehistoric times without the NHS to pick you up again would have been quite a disaster. I you know, so if I break my arm on the way home tonight, well, be a bit inconvenient, but the NHS will put it in plaster and I'll be fine again in three or four weeks' time. You know, in nomadic nomadic tribes or hunter-gatherer societies that'd be much more difficult to do so i think the you know once you've got your calories which are difficult to get you wouldn't expend them unnecessarily like you wouldn't sort of do it unless you had to so i think part of sort of modern society is that like it's very difficult to get people to be physically active unless they have unless it's for another reason um and again that goes back to what i'm saying like unless if you want sort of behavior change at a population level, as opposed to the people who are quite into it anyway, you need to think about how to engage those people who aren't particularly interested in what you're talking about. Oh, definitely. It, it's fascinating. It, it's like a massive game of chess. You know, you're trying to think <laughs> yeah. about, you're trying to move this piece over here. So you've got to move that piece. There. Really interesting. In terms of the, the challenges of tomorrow, do you see public health, anything that's, that, that could change for the for the what public health is is having to tackle well you said about climate change and you know, there's a sort of famous um diagram now that you know the three sort of waves descending on someone the small wave is the economic crisis a bigger wave was covid and a massive wave is climate change so i think we are in a you know, we is it lancet or someone saying that um climate change is the biggest crisis facing the health of the public in the 21st century i can see that that's really you know i think that's really difficult and sometimes you know sometimes i think we're really going for it in a big way so you get people you know talking about energy through uh, through alternative means and sometimes i wonder why we're not running around like headless chickens so you know almost like you know sort of see on the news and the weather's going oh, it's going to be a great day on Saturday. It's going to be really hot. And I'm thinking, 
this is the end of September in Britain. It should not be this hot at the end of September in Britain. This is just, this is madness. And then you have other sort of stories coming on, like, you know, Stansted's got, got you know, um, returned to business levels as of pre the pandemic. And oh, by the way, there's um, a heat wave coming on, you know, next week. I think those two are connected, you know, like uh, returning to pre-airline levels now is not what we particularly want to do, unless you can sort of think a way of like reducing the climate impact. That's that's not necessarily good news. You know? So I oscillate about climate change and what we're doing about it and sort of the hope for the future, but it's definitely going to make things more difficult. I, you know, we're getting all sorts of or even this week in the news, was it that um, Asian hornets coming across? Is it the yellow thing that eats bees? Yeah. yeah so I, I think chances of the future are, you know, climate change is a big one. I think uh, how we respond to that is going to be difficult and increasing, increasingly apparent in our, in our, in our phase. I think for even for our own agriculture, it become more difficult. So I've got a friend who's a farmer and he's telling me a story about on the same same day in successive years, one year he couldn't get the plough in because it was too wet and it was sinking. Next year, on exactly the same day, he couldn't get the plough in because the ground was too hard. That's just nuts. And this this year, I think, you know, Jeremy Clarkson, yeah, he was talking about it on, on his programme, but if I was a farmer trying to deal with a heat wave in the middle of September, I'd be tearing my hair out. I don't know what I'd be doing. So I think that is an, an issue we need to sort of think about more. Um, I think for the sort of nationally, I think we, you know, this 70% pre-pandemic, I think we, you know, the NHS costs of 70% of their budget on long-term conditions. That is definitely something we could do something about. Right? And when I moved into the council, I was thinking, how could you make public health a, a, you know, relevant to, relevant's not the right word, because councils have a huge impact on public health, but uh, what, 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 how I could translate what I was trying to do into something that's useful for, for off, other officers. And I thought, you know, essentially a lot of public health is, is well, I call it med, so moving, eating, drinking, smoking. And if we got those right, like so physical activity, nutrition, uh, alcohol consumption, smoking, if we got those four behaviours right, we'd almost be rolling in money. Like we'd have money coming out of our ears in the public sector. You think like the NHS budget now is what, 140 billion? You got seven, you know, say you saved you know, well up to 70%, well, you wouldn't save 70% of it. You, you save a significant in, uh, amount of that and you'd be laughing. You'd have suddenly sixty to seventy billion pounds to 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 invest into into green renewable mm. energy, because um, that's the thing as well. well exactly. I, it's always mm. like it's it's mm. all these functions: NHS, local government, central government. It's all funded by the taxpayer. You know, oh yeah. It's, you know, it's it's not as mm. if one organisation suddenly kind of having a, a huge amount more capital doesn't benefit the rest mm. of um, the rest yeah. of the structure. And that, you know, that's something I, you know, if I was prime minister or I ruled the world type thing, but, you know, greater integration between health and social care, like the NHS and social care, and it, they, they impact on each other. So there was someone on the radio this morning saying about, you know, winter pressures and get, getting people to come out of hospital. Well, sometimes they can't come out because there's, like, there isn't a social care in place to look after them when they do come out. Mm. So then you've got, 
you know someone stuck in hospitals like you know the you know you can't think of the nhs and social care as sort of different entities they're both part of the same system it's 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 it is it's it's sometimes really well, it, it's almost too big to even comprehend the level of challenge but that is that is the mm. that what has to be tackled to truly uh, influence positive change um mm. This has been honestly a really fascinating conversation. I should really appreciate you giving up your time, Glenn, to come on and talk about this. Um, and I hope for you at home, if you that you have enjoyed listening to Glenn um, talk about public health and and all things related. Cool, excellent, fantastic. Well, thank you again for us, uh, yeah. by Low Government. Thanks very um, much, then. Cool. Well, <laughs> from from everybody here, thank you so much for for listening to Glenn. Um, have a great day, and uh, we'll listen to uh, a few episodes coming up in the next few days. Thank you very much. Cheers, dearest. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Today's episode is sponsored by the UK Leisure Framework, the UK's only dedicated leisure framework. The UK Leisure Framework allows for the direct appointment of a development partner for scoping, design and construction of leisure centres and sports facilities. The framework is available to all UK public sector organisations and has completed over 100 projects to date. For more information, visit leisureframework.co.uk.